This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey, this is Dirk Nowitzki, and you listen to the Mavs Step Back Podcast. TK. I like this, TK. I like that. Yeah, it's the Mavericks, all about action. Don't do no acting, no Samuel Jackson. Dirk get the ball, you know that it's magic. Post move deadly, yeah, get tragic. Look with the ball, yeah, get nasty. He'll drop 30. Don't gotta ask him, got Chris Stapps. Coach at the Adam, I spaz like Dallas. Seth thought I'm rapping, God. If Luca shoot the ball, you know that it's cash. But my boy still living the past. Now he got my boy Chris Stapps. Looking like Dirk and Nash in the gap. They just wanna ring, wanna fill the gap. On your team head, ain't talk our heads. Dang, go relax, still at a champ. Defense still coming with the calibers. Welcome back to another edition of the Step. Back, a Mavs podcast. I'm Dalton Trigg. I'm joined as always by my DallasBasketball.com colleague and co-host Matt Galatson. Uh, we got a really good episode for you guys tonight. We got our guy Mike Fisher joining the show a little bit later. Uh, we're going to talk about a lot of things, uh, free agency related with him. Uh, we're going to go over the All Star Weekend that's ahead of us. We got Luca. We got Dirk. We've got uh, former Mav Dennis Smith Jr. in the dunk contest. We'll go over all that. But to start out, uh, the Mavs are they're three and four since the Kristaps Porzingis trade. Uh, during that span, they had a a really big comeback win over Portland. That was really exciting. Uh, we thought that might, you know, turn things around for them briefly. But now they've uh, They've turned around and lost two straight games now, and the latest being to Miami last night uh, in what was Dwayne Wade's last visit to American Airlines Center. And after the game, Wade and Dirk switched jerseys, which from a, from a basketball history standpoint, that was pretty cool. But from a, from a Mavs fan, like, you know, deep down in my heart, the the hate I have for Dwayne Wade, it just felt wrong. Matt, I I don't know how you felt about it, but why can't they just let these guys be enemies? It, it kind of felt like it was forced. Well, <clears throat> actually, uh, I heard Ben and Skin, or not, I was just Ben, Skin's in, in Charlotte right now, but I heard Ben and Skin talking about this on the radio, or, and uh, it was, I guess he was talking to KT, uh, but he said that, or what they were trying to get across was that Basically, Wade was doing it uh, for show because I didn't because I didn't know this. He has a documentary crew following him around, oh apparently. My God. And so they're like he did like the tossing the ball up in the air like he did after the 06 finals before the game, so they could put that into the documentary. So the whole thing seems kind of scripted. I mean, look, I hate Dwayne Wade as much as anybody. To me, what this what this says more about is really that Dirk is just a class act. Like, you could tell about it, like, his comments after the game. He was he was like, yeah, well, I kind of hate Dwayne Wade. Not, like, in so many words, but <laughs> you could tell this is what he was kind of thinking. Like, yeah, you know, 
I don't really like the guy, but you know, we've been we've been competing for so long. I do respect him as a player, and if he wants to exchange jerseys, fine. Like that. I mean, that's that's what he looked like he was trying to say, but in a polite way. Yeah, I don't think you could necessarily call it a a backhanded compliment or anything like that, but it kind of had that feel to it. it <laughs> He 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 gave comments that showed like okay yeah I respect D Wade I I respect his career and everything but he's like I still don't love the guy and that's that's the feeling I got as well and I did not know that about Wade having the the TV crew follow him around uh, yeah for a I didn't either <clears throat> I didn't either till I heard them talking about it on my way home. Uh, yeah from work and i was just like oh my god now everything makes so much sense like no wonder he's making a display at every game like to make sure he exchanges jerseys with at least one guy and then uh i saw some uh, you know supposedly mark cuban had like a a tribute video in place but they didn't play it because they they figured mavs fans would not react well to that and i agree that you know if if that's true if if they did have a tribute video ready for him and they didn't play it they did the right thing by not playing it because that wouldn't have gone well they shouldn't have even made the video in the first place in my opinion you know you've got your you've got your face of the franchise that it's probably his last season too and he hasn't gone out there and made a big spectacle about it he doesn't want the the kobe bryant farewell tour type thing so uh to, to do that for D. Wade, his arch nemesis for so many years in the American Airlines Center, that that just wouldn't have been that wouldn't have gone over well. And yeah. <laughs> I I didn't know that about the T V crew and everything, but I know when before the game when I saw that clip of him throwing the ball in the air, I was that triggered me a little bit. I had <laughs> all those old feelings came rushing back and I remember you know, I was I was a young kid at the time and very, very upset. I didn't watch basketball for a long time after that. But uh, I don't know. I, I think it's forced. I think it's okay to have enemies in basketball. I don't think you have to be friends in the end. And I don't know. It, it felt forced. I think Dirk kind of knew it felt forced. But like you said, he's a class act. Uh, he did it just to do it and he got it out of the way and I'm really not sure he's going to keep that Dwayne Wade jersey. Uh dude, I would not be surprised if that thing went like directly into the trash or if <laughs> if, if like he was like, "Hey Luca, do you want this?" cuz Luca's like, you know, he doesn't have any beef with Wade. So he's like, "Hey Luca, take this jersey. I don't want this stupid thing." <laughs> but that that's how but, I, that's how I would like to imagine that that's going to go over at least. That that'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but there was another thing also that I briefly want to mention about that game. Um, nothing that happened during the game, but uh, I don't know from from where you are. Did you do you get to watch the inter- the starting lineup introductions? Oh yeah. Okay, so did you notice that they made Luca the anchor finally for the first time all season? I did not. He was the last person because inter- going I mean, in. I watched this is the it, first. This is the first game where he's been. Because every other game, he was the first person introduced. And it's like, okay, he's the rookie, whatever. They made him the anchor against Miami. And that means, I mean, that comes with a lot of, you know, pressure. That's like, that. that that's basically saying, this <laughs> is our guy. <laughs> I, yeah. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, I, I mean, I, 
I saw it, but I didn't think too much of it until you just said it then. I mean, we've we've kind of known he's the guy for a while now, but I mean that is that is a pretty well, cool yeah, thing of course. to notice. But just just like this is like the the franchise officially saying to everybody because you always introduce your number one guy last because he gets the biggest <laughs> cheer or whatever right it, it's it might not seem like a lot to everybody but I, I think that's a pretty cool thing that they're kind of like all right yeah this is the chapter well and going back to what the the dirt wade stuff we, we talked about the the after aftermath of that game and what happened and everything but during the game uh i thought it was pretty cool to see Dirk and D Wade going at it actually on the court. You know, I knew there would be some theatrics with the jersey swap and the comments before and after the game, you know, both of them being respectful with each other and everything, but they actually went at it a little bit in that game. It was really, really cool to see. I hate that that Wade got it going like he did because he played a big part in that win for them, but I mean, that, that was pretty awesome to see just from a pure basketball fan standpoint no yeah I, I thought it was really cool um watching Dirk back d-wade down in the post and, and scoring him a couple times he gives me he even had a couple oh i know he even had a couple uh of nice bounces that went his way that show his his, his old man shooting touch so i mean it was nice uh like you said i hated that d-wade got got he was a leading scorer in the game like he had a game high 22 like that pissed me off so Ugh. much it just like, uh, I, I couldn't like, I, I almost, I was sitting up in the press box and I almost went down below, like at, to the, to the tunnel and an interview room at like the beginning of the fourth quarter. Cause I was like, I can't take this anymore. This is well, so brutal. Well, let me, let me, uh, let me try to cheer you up a little bit with that. You know, the, the Mavs blew that two nothing lead in the 06 finals and uh, Miami clinched it in Dallas. Well, the Mavs play the Heat one more time, and it's in Miami. And I, I think there's some uh, some poetic justice that could go on here. You know, <laughs> they'll they'll get in get to Miami. That'll be the true last time that both of these guys face off against each other. And you know, Dirk has a chance to basically. Uh, top Wade in the very last matchup. I, I think that could potentially be a really cool moment. It could. <clears throat> I mean, it would just it'd be just like the 2011 title. The Heat blew a two nothing lead, didn't they? It was two two one. Oh, it was two one. Anyway, game two the Mavericks that, game two was that huge comeback. That's right. You're right. And but the Mavs clinched it in Miami. So, yep. you know, who knows? Yep. And like I mentioned, the you know the Mavs have been. Three and four since the Kristaps Porzingis trade, not horrible, but not great. Um, well, that's kind of a loaded stat, Dalton. I, I know. <laughs> Let's be honest. They they were they were three and four, or they were three and one, and then now they're one and four or whatever. Yeah, they're one and three. Like it, it flip flopped. They've lost three out of four. And well, I'll say this: they're not looking too good. They're five games out of that final playoff spot, but I I like to look at just the the loss column because if you look at that they're they're only four losses out uh behind the clippers right now and then you got the kings and the lakers there i mean it's going to be tough there's no doubt about it it's going to be really tough for them to to climb back into this thing and make the postseason i mean they're most more likely 
the not they're they're looking at a uh, having high or lottery odds that are up in the somewhere at the 10 to 12 range i would think uh, we'll see we'll see how it goes but uh i think luca luca Doncic definitely needed this all-star break i think his his legs were really tired you can tell with his shot uh, so he, this was a welcome break for him. I know he's involved in All-Star Weekend and everything, but, I mean, they players don't really try that hard at All-Star Weekend. So Yeah, but, like, low-key Dalton, I, I really wish he wasn't there at all. Like, I just want him sitting on his couch <laughs> playing Fortnite for the next week. Well, I, under, I, I understand that part of it, too. But, I mean, he being a 19-year-old and being so involved – in this weekend and being surrounded by all the the superstars this early and you know people talking about he he was a big all-star snub and i mean there's so much going on that i i like him being there i like him being around those players uh we'll talk about free agency a little bit later with when we get fish on here but i think that really helps them out uh if not this summer down the road you know recruiting players uh, so, I mean, I, I think it's good that he's there. I don't think he's going to overdo it. And, I mean, they still have multiple days that, uh, after after Sunday to get some rest. So, Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, we'll see. I, I just – I'm glad – I'll put it this way. I'm glad that Dirk is Luca's coach. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. They're because not... if, if he sees Luca starting to – to labor a little bit, like oh god, why am I in here? He'll just he'll just yank him out for the for the for the good of the franchise, hopefully <laughs> at least. Dirk, Dirk isn't gonna. It's like he said. He tweeted out earlier today. Said that uh, he was he thought he was just the offensive coordinator. He he he's not gonna be calling plays. He he's just gonna be there and goof around, and it's basically just gonna be a glorified pickup game, which is how most of this stuff usually goes. So that's fine, but. Yep. Jumping jumping right into the All-Star weekend, we're going to give give you guys a just an overview of everything that's going to be going on. Uh, you know, it'll start it'll start on Friday night, 7 p.m. Central on ESPN. That'll be the uh, celebrity game. We've talked about this before, but uh, that's really just I don't even watch that game to be honest with you. I'll, I'll watch the highlights later. But it's, I won't even watch that, man. <laughs> it's not something that uh, that I make it make it a point to sit down in front of my TV and oh, I gotta watch this. But since we are uh, previewing the entire weekend, I was looking at the roster and I noticed that Ray Allen is in this game. I I, I don't know. I don't know. How is that fair? It's not. That's what I was saying. He, and to make it worse, he's on the same team as Quavo. Who is the reigning MVP of that game? Well, he's all Quavo's also like a ridiculous athlete. I, I know. <laughs> you look at you look at who the the other. Okay, so that's the away the away. Well, yeah, well who's the who's the NBA, former NBA star on the other team? Isn't it like Jay Williams? It is. Yes, it is Jay Williams. That is so lopsided. That is not fair. I know. Ray Allen could probably still play somewhere like in the league right now. I know. It's. I, I was looking at. It, I was like, man, this is not fair. They do have Steve Smith, who is a former NFL player, and he's still in pretty good shape, in my opinion. But he's a football player. <laughs> well, like I remember the time Richard Jefferson was in that game, and they do have. And a, that was weird. But like, 
he was never like he's not Ray Allen. I know. <laughs> like, they, I, I don't know. Ray Allen and Quavo on the same team. You know, I, I said I said I'm not going to watch that. I might just tune into that just to just to see how lopsided that is. I think it's going to be a blowout. But yeah, we're we're not going to talk about this a lot. I just thought I'd point that that little nugget of information in there because this is the first time I've looked at this roster. It's not the it's not the main event we're looking forward to. But after that, uh, nine nine p.m. Central on TNT is the Rising Stars Challenge, and that's where we'll get our first look at uh, at Luca. He's on the world team. He's going to be running pick and rolls with DeAndre Ayton. Uh, he's got his buddy uh, Bogdanovich on there, Brogdon. And, uh, Bogdan. Oh, uh, shoot. I <laughs> uh, There's Bojan and Bogdan and... Um, but they're not related, which is crazy. I can't get all of these European guys sorted out. But anyway, uh, anyway, Bogdanovich, his friend from Sacramento. <laughs> How's yes. that? There you go. There you go. <laughs> You've got uh, Gillius Alexander, uh, Laurie Markinen, uh, Seti Osman, and you got Ben Simmons on the world team. And then they're going up against uh, the U.S. team, which highlights Marvin Bagley, the third, John Collins, De'Aaron Fox, Jaron Jackson Jr., uh, Donovan Mitchell, and you got Trey Young. You got Trey right. Young and Jason Tatum too. Uh, that team's that's a good team. Yeah. Um, this is probably the first time in a long time, maybe ever, where I will be cheering for Team World over Team USA because right. Luca. Yeah, and I mean, I I honestly think that Team World is gonna do a number on the u.s team i mean i I just have that feeling i'm i think these pieces work really well together i think the starting lineup i think you have luca at point guard either luca or ben simmons shoot i don't know i think you'll have luca at point guard i think they'll both be in the starting lineup and handling the ball a lot right luca at point guard i guess you'd have uh either alexander or bogdanovich at shooting guard I'm going to put Ben Simmons at small forward and Markinen at power forward and DeAndre Ayton at center. And I think that is a that is a really solid lineup. I think they're going to I think I don't I don't think it's going to be as much of a contest as people think. I might be wrong, but I'm definitely going to I think to, you're wrong. <laughs> I think it's going to be a pretty good game. I I I, I like when you said the Team USA roster, I got kind of worried for Luca, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, not because not because of Trey Young. Like, <laughs> let's be real. I mean, Trey Young's fine, whatever. But Luca is Luca. But the the Jason Tatum, Donovan Mitchell, Bagley, just that trio alone, it's kind of like, oh damn, that's those are some athletes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I maybe I'm just getting a little too excited. I mean, I. I'm obviously a little bit biased here towards Luca, but uh, I don't know. I just think those pieces mesh really well. I think it's more of a – I think you're going to have like a power struggle with the U.S. team a little bit uh, where I think the world team, they'll they'll play more of a more of a team-style game there. I, th- I, think they, I think they'll eventually pull it out. I don't, I don't think we'll have to watch near as close in the second half. I'll tell you that, but we'll see. Uh- Probably won't be watching very close at all to any of that, to be honest. But 
it'll it'll be interesting to see. Well, and we'll we'll move on into this too. Saturday night, that's when things really start to get a little little more interesting. More people start tuning in. Uh, the events start at eight p.m. and then. Uh, it starts with the skills challenge, and then it goes into the three-point contest and the dunk contest. Uh, but the skills challenge, we've got uh, Mike Conley, De'Aaron Fox, Nikola Jokic, Kyle Kuzma, Jason Tatum, Nikola Vucevic, and uh, Trey Young and Luka Doncic. So all those guys are in it. Uh, the only uh, – there actually hasn't been a Dallas Maverick win this uh, award – win this contest uh since it was established in 2003 we've had some former Mavs players win it when they were on different teams like Jason Kidd Steve Nash Porzingis won it in 2017 uh oh, really <laughs> yeah yeah he did <laughs> so what 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 do you think uh Luka can do in the skills challenge you think he's going to pull that out or who who is your isn't, winner isn't it formatted to where the the guards or whatever go against each other and then um the bigs go against each other and then the winner of those two kind of i'm going go head to head i would be lying to you if i told you i knew that exactly i just know i think that's i think that's the way that it's set up if i'm not mistaken well i could be wrong regardless i mean i it's gonna be tough i mean uh I don't know how many skills challenges you've watched, but like all the, all the stuff they go through in that, and then uh, I think you finish it off by hitting a three pointer, if I'm not mistaken. But. Yeah, no, you do, and I'm I, is, if that's the form, if if the format is what I think it is, with the the guards and then the bigs and then they meet in the finals. I think my final pairing is going to be Jokic and Luca. And then I think Jokic is probably going to win just because he's a savvy vet. But I want Luka to win, obviously, but we'll see. Well, I have I have gotten my hopes up since last season when, you know, Dennis, he was in the dunk contest and he got robbed. Still kind of upset about that. You know, Donovan Mitchell, he jumped over. A squatting Kevin Hart and they thought that was just amazing but anyway we won't get into that but I my my expectations I'm not gonna pick Luca to win this uh I think it'll I think it'll probably come down to De'Aaron Fox and Trey Young and I wouldn't put it past Trey Young winning just so the Atlanta Hawks fans can have a reason to say that he is better than Luca. <clears throat> <laughs> or who's that clown on Twitter that's always on Trey Young? Yoda. 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 Uh, if, if that happens, then he's going to be obnoxious. Rashad. But he blocked something. me on he he blocked me on Twitter, so I guess it doesn't really matter. I can't see what he <laughs> tweets anyway. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's possible. Trey Young's got some skills. He's really quick. He's really accurate with his passes. Um, I think he's a very overrated shooter, but. I mean, it is what it is. I, <clears throat> I think it's going to be Jokic and Luka. Yeah. Um, well, that, that's my okay. that's my final pick. I think Trey Young is going to win it. If you have to pick between Jokic and Doncic, who who are you picking there? I think Jokic, just because he's 
he's been insane this year, and it just seems like something that he's gonna win. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not mad at he that. Doesn't, he's he's amazing. He doesn't move too quick. Like he didn't. He didn't move very quick. He's not the slickest guy, but man, he has laser accuracy on his passes. He can shoot the hell out of the ball. Um, and he's a really cool dude. I like him a lot. I wish he was a Maverick. So uh, he's gonna be my pick. Yeah, I mean, I, you could see a lot of these guys winning that, but I mean, I I think I don't think we're too far off with our picks there. Obviously, we hope Luca wins it, but uh, I could just I could see him getting edged out a little bit in this. I don't think he's gonna, uh, you know, take it super seriously, even though he is a really competitive guy. But we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> Again, that'll be the first event on Saturday. It's at eight uh, eight p.m which that's eight, that's Eastern time for that one, so it'll come on at 7. And then uh, moving on after that, you'll have the uh, three-point contest. And then we got our guy Dirk. Uh, you know, I, I don't have the stats for this right in front of me. I don't even know how you would look this up uh, quickly at least, but I'm pretty sure he's, he's the oldest player to participate in this contest. Again, I, I would have to look that up, but... I don't. I can't remember somebody of his age. That's let me save you some time, Dalton. He's the oldest. (laughs) Okay. Okay. He's definitely the oldest. (laughs) Well, I mean, probably by a few years. And I, I, I'm definitely not. I love Dirk to death. That's my dude. He's the goat. I'm not picking him to win. (laughs) To win this, Uh, we've talked. We've talked about before. We're not even sure if Dirk can make it around the, you know, the three-point line, the entire three-point line, and finish all the racks in time. So, I don't think he's going to win that. But here's here's the guys that Dirk is going up against in the three-point contest. You got Devin Booker, uh, Seth Curry, champion. Yeah, reigning champion Devin Booker. You've got Seth Curry. You've got Steph Curry. Danny Green, Joe Harris, Buddy Heald, Damian Lillard, Chris Middleton, and Kimba Walker. That is a stacked lineup for the three-point contest. I can't believe Clay, <laughs> I can't believe Clay's not in it. Yeah, yeah, that, that's kind of surprising too. I don't know which. He probably declined it. Well, it, it's probably a good thing he didn't get. Did you see what happened to his finger the other night? <laughs> oh yeah, God, don't remind me. That was terrible. Yeah, that that's. Uh, I, I don't know if he would have wanted to be in that anyway. Let's see. If you're looking back at recent uh, three-point contest winners, Dirk actually won it in 2006. So he he's been there before. He's done this before. But it's been 84 years. It's been, it's been a long time. So I don't know it. I'm not saying that there is. N- he has a zero percent chance of winning this this three point contest. I'm just I'm saying do not hold your breath. And if I'm gonna, you know what, I'm gonna go with. Oh, this is hard. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the underdog. I'm gonna go with Seth Curry, the little brother. Uh, okay. he is my he is my dark horse pick for the for the three point contest. Um. So go through it with me one more time after the Currys. Okay, you said uh, the Curry brothers. You got reigning champ book. You've got Danny Green. You've got Joe Harris, Buddy Hield, Dame Lillard, Middleton, and Kimba Walker. 
Okay, <clears throat> so I think it's going to come down to either actually Buddy Heald or Joe Harris. Wow. Um, both of them are, are really underrated. Um, I mean, it's going to be hard to count out Curry because he's the best shooter ever. But I think I'm going to pick Joe Harris. Um, he's super underrated. I think he's going to be really excited to, to be a part of the competition. And I don't know. I just kind of I kind of dig the Nets this year. They're a fun team, and he's been a big part of it. And he can shoot the hell out of the ball. So... Dude, that's that's even know. more of a dark horse pick than mine. If you if you <laughs> if you call that, I'm gonna give you mad props for that. I mean, I, I I'd be lying if I told you I watched a lot of Nets basketball this year. So I haven't watched any of Joe Harris, but I mean he's in the contest for a reason. So can I tell you something I haven't told anybody, Dalton? Oh God, what Nets are my league pass team. Oh, okay. Whew. I didn't know where that was going, but okay. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the Nets are the, the Nets are my league pass team. I think they're so much fun. Well, I, my league pass team this year has been uh, the Denver Nuggets, and I, I know they're a really good team. They're not like an underrated team, but to me, it feels like they haven't gotten a lot of you know nationally televised games. I I watch them a lot on League Pass, so. But there's. I'll, I'll take Joe Harris. You take Seth, and then if both of us are wrong, then. Well, we're used to that on on stuff like this, so not. Yeah. <laughs> and then the main event on Saturday night, we have the dunk contest. Uh, you got Miles Bridges from the Hornets. You got John Collins from the Hawks. You've got Diallo from the Thunder, and then you've got former Mav Dennis Smith Jr who wasn't going to compete in this contest originally, but then his grandmother asked him to do it. So he's back. He's going to try to reclaim what should have been his in the first place. Uh, who who do you see winning the dunk contest this year? Man, that's kind of a lame field. I don't know, man. Um, I mean, that uh, it's kind of – I don't know about Diallo from the Thunder. I think Terrence Ferguson would have been a better – Better choice from the Thunder than him, but those other guys, they can jump, dude. I I, I think it's... Yeah, but I, I, I hate having big guys in there. I don't like having John Collins in there. I, I think that's kind of a cheat code. Like, when it's Blake Griffin or DeAndre Jordan or whatever, you remember those? Yeah. I hate I hated that. Um, <clears throat> what you, you know what? What about Aaron I, Gordon? Uh, I didn't like that either. I mean, he's only 6'7 or 6'8, isn't oh, he? Oh, come on. You didn't like it when he sat in midair and put the ball no, I mean, in that it. was cool but like I, I just think it's cooler when like all the all the stuff that dennis did last year and like the stuff that that donovan mitchell does and even when it was nate robinson like i i, I love this when the smaller guys dunk um but <clears throat> if i had to pick one i'm i'm not gonna say they owe it to dennis from robbing him last year and since he's wearing a Knicks uniform now, I really don't care as much. So I'm gonna go with Miles Bridges. Oh, I was about to, I was about to say that. My heart, my heart is still with Dennis winning this. You know, it, my heart's saying Dalton pick Dennis. He's gonna do it this year. But I'm just, I, I'm so tired of being disappointed. So I'm not gonna pick him to win it. And maybe that will result in him winning. <laughs> 
him actually yeah. winning it. But I'm also yeah. I'm also going with Miles Bridges. I don't know if you've paid close attention to the the Hornets this year, but Bridges has been living uh, on Sports Center top ten with some of his dunks he's been doing. He's that dude can walk on air, and he is insanely athletic. You know, he's not a He's not like Dennis Smith Jr. He's not six two, six three, but he's also not a you know a big guy like John Collins and you know the the mold that you said you don't really you don't like to see in the dunk contest. He's a happy medium. So uh, yeah, that, that, that's who I'm picking is Miles Bridges too. I think he'll he'll take our breath away. Dude could jump, man. And then. Well, that, you know, so we got the skills challenge, the three-point contest, the dunk contest. Then Sunday is the main event, all-star game. Uh, You've got Dirk in there as an honorary all-star. You've got Wade in there. Dirk's on Team Giannis. Wade's on Team LeBron. You kind of knew that was coming. Uh, What do you see going on in this game? You think there's any more... Uh, theatrics, so to speak, like what we saw uh, in Dallas the other night with with Dirk and Wade. You think they'll kind of orchestrate something up for the fans? I mean, I think they'll check into the game at the same time, probably. Um, <clears throat> and I think they'll probably try and give both guys their their shine. I'm sure Dirk's going to get a couple threes up. Um, I'm sure Wade's going to try and either throw or catch a probably throw. Uh, lob to LeBron, but other than that, you know, I'm sure they'll they might do something special before the game. Um, but, but I would, I would love to see Dirk hit like a clutch shot in that game. I just don't think it's going to happen because I think once it gets serious in the fourth quarter, both of the the older guys will be sitting down there on the bench. But it, you know, it could it could <clears throat> they could do a few cool things for him. Maybe maybe they'll let Dirk dunk one last time in his career. Who knows? Yeah, I mean that would be. I'll say this, I don't think we're going to get as cool of a moment as we did the last time Dirk was in the All-Star game. You know, uh, Steph Curry threw an alley-oop to him, and he did the cutthroat celebration with with Steph and Clay behind him, and you had that that picture resurface with the, it said the, the Splash Brothers with the Splash Father, and <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we're going to have a moment that's as awesome as that, but I'm... I'm not putting it past them to to give us something pretty cool Sunday. I'll I'll definitely be watching watching that and you know what what is Dirk's last All Star game? Well, you know, you I don't even know if you were born yet. You might not have even been born yet. What year were you born? Ninety three. Okay, you weren't born yet. <laughs> uh, the nineteen ninety two All Star game. I think it was a ninety two game. When Magic Johnson was kind of in the same deal, he had retired already, but they brought him back just for the All Star game. <laughs> yeah, and he ended up winning MVP and like hit the hit the game winning three over Isaiah Thomas. Not game winning, but it was like it was the three to put his team ahead. And I had that on video. I used to watch it over and over again. It was one of my favorite All Star games ever. But I, I want Dirk to have that moment. I just I don't know if it's possible, man. That would be so cool. I wasn't alive for that, but I've watched the highlights of that, and it was a best All Star game ever. Very, best very cool moment. Ever. Very cool moment. I hope something like that happens for Dirk. So, who do you got though? You got Team LeBron or Team Giannis? 
Oh man, I am. I'm going with Team LeBron. I don't know if you watched the <laughs> the All Star draft, but he picked he picked a really really stacked roster. He got uh, he got Kawhi. He got KD. Uh, he got uh, Clay Thompson. He got James Harden. Basically, all the free agents, not Harden, of course, but he picked all the free agents. That was obviously some some legal tampering there. Uh, but yeah, if you if you compare that to Team Giannis, I, I think they have a chance. Obviously, all these guys are all stars, but Team LeBron definitely wins this one. I think. Well, wait a minute. <clears throat> So who is on? T- I thought Harden was on Team Giannis. Is he not? No, no. He they, uh, LeBron picked Harden. Let me oh, see. okay. No, you're right. You're right. Uh, Kyrie, Harden, Kawhi, Kevin Durant, and LeBron are the starters. Shit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, got- you know what? That's fine. I don't care. I'm still going with Team Giannis, and here's why. Um. Every time there's a game like this, to me it seems like, where it's, you know, this one team's stacked and whatever, I feel like the underdog usually wins because, I mean, first of all, I think Giannis is the best player in the NBA this year. And he's got the best shooter in the NBA in Steph Curry. He's got Paul George, who's having an MVP caliber year. And Bede's going to dominate the paint. And he's got a bunch of other guys who can do some really good things. And he's got Dirk. So well, here, here, here's the thing. I think if, if Team Giannis is going to win and if we're going to have a chance to see Dirk do some special stuff and you know have a Magic Johnson-type moment like you mentioned earlier, they're going to have to actually play in this game. <laughs> you know, not, I know, and I think they will because they have Russell Westbrook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't think they can afford to, you know, just – loft around for three quarters and then try to turn it on in the fourth they're gonna have to actually try you know the full length of the game maybe build some cushion so when team lebron decides to to turn it on late you know they still have a chance so uh, what they're gonna do is when it gets down to crunch time i'll bet you anything that they sub either they sub kemba for either chris middleton or westbrook and then that's their that's their their final five in crunch time, and I think that's a really good team that's going to take it seriously. And I don't know, I'm calling the upset. I might be the only person in America. I I swear I thought Hard was on Team Giannis. <laughs> no, but. it's crazy. LeBron just he he went all hands on deck, and there were rumors that Giannis was inebriated, and <laughs> when he was picking picking his team. Uh, but I, I don't know, man. I, I, Team LeBron's stacked. It's gonna be it's gonna be hard for for them. To, they would have to like try to lose, in my opinion. Okay. Well, I'm I'm still taking Team Giannis <laughs> just because I want to be the contrarian and right. You have you need. I really you need to if be I'm being honest. <laughs> if I'm being honest, Alton, I hate four fifths of that starting lineup for LeBron's team. I do too. So. So I'll, I'll, I like Kyrie, even though he's kind of a weirdo and he thinks the earth is flat. But um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go Team Giannis. All right. Well, uh, again, that that's what you have on on deck for All Star Weekend. Uh, it all starts with the celebrity game and the rising stars, and then 
you have a all-star saturday night and then the actual all-star game sunday all right next we we're going to talk about free agency a little bit uh we're going to give our free agency wish list so to speak and we've got our guy mike fisher here cowboys and mavs insider you can read all of his work at 247sports.com and dallasbasketball.com uh fish how you doing outstanding boys thank you uh so what we're going to do here we're going to name off five players or at least however many players y'all uh you know want to put on your wish list but uh fish we'll start with you uh who who do you think the mavs might be a long shot for this this summer like somebody that might be on the list but might not necessarily pan out for them yeah and and i guess we should throw in here and and maybe you guys have have discussed this over the course of recent days but um i'm not i'm not like throwing away the last what we got 25 games left so you know I, i don't mean to like just ignore the next 25 games and let's hurry up to july 1st but i i do think it's a top of mind issue uh, ever since we came up with that number, uh, that $30 million uh, of room number, and maybe even 38 depending on what you do with Courtney Lee or whatever. And so I don't know why you wouldn't shoot for the very top. The very best player is Kevin Durant. Until he tells me no and, uh, or, or sends through back channels before July 1st, sends me a no, uh, I'm, I'm going to try to date the prettiest girl. And I've had some of my colleagues... Uh, smart basketball guys say I I don't like him I don't like his attitude or I don't like his you you'd like him if he played for your team absolutely it, it it's the Dion rule that and I talked about that 25 years ago Dion Sanders was despised by Cowboy fans until he became a Cowboy at which point we were just fine with him and the same thing with To uh, with the Cowboys and then most recently we saw this phenomenon with DeAndre Jordan. He was he was Mavericks public enemy number one all time, and then next thing you know, he wasn't. So Kevin Durant is the pipe dream that you have to dream about first. I can agree with that, and uh, I I sent you and Matt that thing the other day about uh, so far, and obviously things can change a lot between now and July first, but uh, the early odds in Vegas, they have the Mavs listed as the, the fourth best odds to sign Kevin Durant, which there's only so much you can put into that, but it, it was pretty neat to, uh, to see the Mavs get put on that list this early. Well, it's nice of, for the Mavericks to be more of a destination than they were before. As Cuban said that day that Porzingis did the press conference, we're more of a, a free agent destination than we've been in the last couple of years. Then he added, of course, that's, that ain't saying much. Uh, some self-effacing uh, takes on where the Mavericks have been. I, I know that, you know, Clay Thompson's probably on your list. In fact, I think you guys have talked about how well Clay Thompson would fit here, right? Absolutely. Times. <laughs> but wouldn't, wouldn't any great player fit? I, I think so, and I mean, I, I think when you have a player like Luka Doncic on your team who, you know, he can score with the best of them, but he's also looking to get everybody else on his team involved, it just it makes it really easy for guys that can shoot the ball really well to fit in. And that's what you'd get with KD, that's what you'd get with Clay Thompson, uh, Kawhi Leonard, who is, that's that was going to be my, you know, long shot pick for the, for the Mavs, basically because Kawhi Leonard doesn't seem like the type of person that 
likes all of the spotlight. You know, I, I think he would like being a superstar in Dallas, but with Luka Doncic getting, you know, the majority of the headlines. So, I I don't know. I, I think that could be their long shot there. Uh, I read something about Bob Volgaris, the, the guy they just hired to be a advisor in the front office. He really likes Kawhi Leonard. Uh, so, I, I could see them at least trying to get a seat at the table there. Matt, well, who who is your long shot? Uh, well, I picked Clay Thompson because um, I, I think, I mean, like Fish said, obviously, you know, all these guys are superstars, so they're going to fit no matter what because they're they're special players. But I think as far as what the Mavericks try to do with getting shooters open and and you know running players around, like a lot like they did with Doug McDermott last year, I think Clay Thompson would be like kind of like Doug McDermott. Um, but like the Superman version, and he can also lock up anybody on, on defense. And <clears throat> the reason I think they have a pretty legit shot, I don't know how legit, but a decent shot at pulling him away, is I think the, the Clay Thompson thing can go like one of three ways. I think option A is Kevin Durant resigns, Clay Thompson resigns, and they pay way over the tax, and Golden State's Golden State for another year or two. I think option B is that Kevin Durant signs. They offer Clay kind of a a low, not not a low ball deal, but they ask him to take a slight pay cut, and he says, "Well, why the hell would I do that? I can go make max money anywhere in the league." And then he leaves, and Mavs have a shot at him that way. Or option three, KD leaves and goes to New York or wherever he's going to go, and then he kind of Clay kind of sees the writing on the wall with. Durant leaving with Draymond making, you know, um, really, you know, kind of, he's not the same player he used to be. He's regressing. So he kind of sees a writing on the wall of the Warriors, you know, falling apart a little bit, and he decides to jet while he still can. But, I mean, he's kind of perfect for what they do. He's the one of the best shooters in the history of the NBA. He's an elite lockdown defender, I and mean, those are both things that obviously the Mavericks really need. So... Well, and that, I don't know. What do you guys think? And that that's a similarity with all three of our players we name with KD, Kawhi, and Clay. Not only are they they're elite offensive players, but they're really really good defensive players too, which is why they're superstars and why this is, you know, such a long shot. But uh, a few other players I had on my list that I think, you know, they're they're a lot more attainable for the Mavs if they want to go that route. Uh Nikola Vucevic, uh, Boyan Bogdanovic, and Danny Green. All right, let uh, me back up a second. We're skipping over Kyrie Irving. Well, I'm skipping. Here's the reason I'm skipping. I've thought of Kyrie Irving, but I don't know. He he needs the ball in his hands an awful lot to succeed, and we I feel like we've we've already experienced some issues there. I'm not saying Kyrie's on a completely different level than what Dennis Smith Jr. was, but I feel like you might have a little bit more of a, a power struggle, so to speak, if if you bring in a point guard like Kyrie that needs the ball so much. What do y'all Probably think? Probably so, um, and, and I'll note this, and I'll use Jimmy Butler as the example. We, DallasBasketball.com, kind of broke this story slash information. The, the Mavericks think that with Luka as the centerpiece, that somebody who's too ball-dominant – 
but not great at it. In other words, Kevin Durant's ball dominant, but he's, I'll take him. James Hardy, I mean, James Harden is ball dominant, but you'd love to have James Harden. But Jimmy Butler isn't that, at that level of player offensively, and he's ball dominant. So you're right about trying to find a way to share the load. But if Kyrie Irving calls you on the day before July 1st and says, I want to be a Maverick, and the other three guys don't, you you take Kyrie Irving, right? Yeah, you find a way to make it work. I think so, too. And that, by the way, that's not a prediction. It's really easy to say, Kyrie Irving is going to go here, and uh, Kevin Durant's going to go, like, maybe both of them go to the Knicks, and um, that Kawhi Leonard's going to go to the Clippers, and Clay Thompson's either going to be a Warrior or a Laker. Those are all easy and maybe even smart uh, predictions. But but I wouldn't. I can't close the door on anybody who's really good, and Kyrie Irving belongs on the really good list. No, that's absolutely true. Yeah, I I, I agree with that. I think uh, I, I'll say this: as good as Kimball Walker is, I'd rather have Kyrie Irving. He's just a better player, right? If if Chris Paul and James Harden can play together, then any point guard who's really really good can make it work with Luca, and we already know Luca will make it work with him. Well, I think you kind of saw that a little bit uh, in between Dennis's sabbatical, whatever you want to call it, and before he got traded, Rick was um, kind of, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, uh, staggering their minutes so that one of them was on the floor all the time, a lot like they do in Houston, and I think that's what, if you do did bring in a guy like Ky- Kyrie Irving or Kemba Walker or whoever, that is that type of ball dominant players. That's exactly what you do: is you stagger their minutes so you always have a superstar, so to speak, on the floor. You know, and I learned this when I was doing Legends games all those years under Bob McKinnon, who was would take me to the blackboard. And of course, they they run in their with their G League team now the same offense and everything that that Carlisle runs. And they're they play two guards, two guys who are point guard style players all the time. They like playing two at the same time. So there's room to do all that. And, you know, I think Houston answered questions about that with Paul and Hart. Remember, we all said, oh, that won't work. Hopefully is why we said that. Well, it it works just fine because great players who get along work just fine. Well, and and another thing, too, Kyrie Irving, like I said, he's just such – a better player than what Dennis Smith Jr. currently is and what he was yeah. in the short time he was playing with Luka. He's shooting 41% from three this season. He's averaging seven assists and five rebounds along with his 24 points. So, I mean, that's that's night and day difference from, from what Luka was having to try and right. mesh with earlier this year. So, I mean, I, I could see how it could work. I, I know there would not, be – Not even your – Dennis Smith is your guy, and he wouldn't even argue with that. Right. <laughs> that, that we're, talking about, we're talking about a different level here. I think Campbell Walker is a different level. By the way, how, why are all these guys, all their names start with K? What's going on here? <laughs> it's just, it's just, the, it's just the, the smart letter these days, I guess. Fish, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Fish said that Dennis would probably agree with it. It reminded me uh, when all those Anthony Davis rumors were going on uh, with Boston, they asked uh, – Jason Tatum, what he thought about it, and he said, shoot, I'd trade myself for Anthony Davis, too. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. right. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think if you, can, if you can swing for the fences, I think you should do it. They're in a position now to where if they miss, it doesn't hurt near as bad. You still have Luka. You have Kristaps Porzingis now. 
Uh, it's just, it's not the same as when they would go all out in free agency in years past and they would, you know, not have a really good roster after the fact. And, I mean, they kind of, the they kind of, what's that? And, and this goes to your, and I, and I know you're going to take this to tier two in a second, but can you, can you be flirting with tier one and keep tier two on the line at the same time? Yeah. You just need multiple phones. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, if you you got to figure out a way to do it. Remember when the Mavericks they had Tyson Chandler, and they asked him to wait a minute. Remember that? Why they mm-hmm. were chasing? I guess they were chasing DeAndre Jordan, right? Right. Is that what, is it that was, what the year yeah. was? It and was. Tyson Chandler told him, and Tyson Chandler lo- loves the people that run this team, and he told him to screw off. I'm not I'm not waiting to be your second choice to go to the prom. So how do you juggle and and gather the information in advance so you know? Okay, don't waste your time on Durant or or Leonard. Do spend your time on Clay, but also make sure that you've got a conversation with Vukovic and Kemba Walker. How how do you do all those things? Because the team that wins free agency, I think, won't be just the team that signs the best guy. It'll be the time the, the team that solves that dilemma the best. Yeah, yeah, I, that's definitely something to think. And I we talked about this a few days ago. Uh, but I mean, you can leading up to July 1st, you know, the back channel conversation we had with about agents and all that, they can kind of have a, a better idea of who they have a realistic shot at getting, or at least getting a meeting with. So I, I feel like they'll find a way to juggle it correctly, but they'll just have to continue to do their homework, you know, up until the, the draft, which they... They don't have a first round draft pick this year. They got a second round draft pick, uh, unless they get lucky in the lottery and fall into the into the bottom five there. But uh, they they really don't have any other choice but to just swing for the fences in free agency this year. Right. You know what? The, on the back channel thing, this is why, and and we I think we do this really well, and uh, and it's it's one of our strengths at DallasBasketball.com. Who's the agent? What's the relationship with the agent? Um, once that Donnie fixed that Bill Duffy relationship, so Luka Doncic could come here. Now you, you need you need to look at who Bill Duffy's clients are when you're looking at this list. The reason we kept uh, we keep attaching Vucevic to Dallas isn't so much because the Dallas personnel department is madly in love with him. They, I, I'm sure they like him fine, but they're not madly in love with him. The reason is who his agent is. And, right. and how agents run this league. I think Charles Barkley did something. It must have been on TNT. I saw it on Twitter, though, where he said, he must have been talking to Anthony Davis, said, your, your agent screwed you. He's not your boss. You're his boss. And I'm like, Charles, I don't know what planet you're on. But that's not the way the NBA works. The, the agents run the NBA. The agents make trades. This is why I, 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 was, I had to impolitely try to help guide people on this this myth that Harrison Barnes had no idea he might get traded. Jeff Schwartz made the trade. <laughs> his, his own agent helped engineer the trade. So keep in mind when we're going through this list, who, who, who represents these guys? Cause that's who has relationships that can get you information before July 1st. Right. Well, like I said, we, we we've talked about the, the bigger names and uh, you know, how, how the Mavs can, really try and swing for the fences this summer but 
let's say that they get the idea that they're not going to have a seat at the table with some of those bigger names. Let's move on to the second tier. I, I mean, who who do you guys think? I mentioned I mentioned Vucevic, which he's he's kind of like a like a one B tier in my opinion because he's he's been outstanding this year. But I've got Vucevic on there. I've got Boyan Bogdanovich from Indiana. He's shooting forty three percent from three. Uh, in my opinion, really underrated player. And then you've got Danny Green, who he's you know he's an older player, but he's he's still shooting lights out from deep. Seems like the perfect three and D guy uh, they would want to have on their team. But uh, Fish, I mean, what, who are some second tier guys you'd be looking at? It, what what does my defense look like? Is Vucevic is my center next to Porzingis? I think you ha- I think you have to. You're gonna you're gonna have to have uh, Dorian Finney-Smith in the starting lineup without a doubt, yeah. yeah. And you're gonna have to get a defensive-minded point guard or other guard, right? A, a, a guy that defends water bugs, like which, Patrick Beverly or something like no that. I guess I'm like Vukovic gets 12 rebounds a game along with his 20 points, so your rebounding's okay. Uh, but but your your interior defense would not exactly be strong. But boy, you'd score. Um, as long as we're trying to make this the greatest team in the history of Europe, what about Dragic? I, <laughs> I know that, that that is a guy that Matt has been yelling into my ear for weeks now. If if we get Dragic, he's, he's my boy. <laughs> that that is who Matt is eyeing this summer. He's got a player option, so he might not be a free agent. But there's a lot of different ways that could happen. Again, you got to work. I, I think that's. I wish I had this in front of me, but I think that's Bill Duffy. He well, is. Okay, it is. I let got me it. let me go through my list real quick because having having worked for Fish for as long as I have, I kind of have picked up on his agent thing quite a while ago, and it makes a lot of sense. So when I was looking through the free agent list, I, the first thing I did was say, "Okay, who are Bill Duffy and Jeff Schwartz clients?" Right. So my my second tier guys are. Vucevic, who's a, who's a Duffy client, Nikola Miritich, who's a Bill Duffy client. That's a good one. And and Goran Dragic, who is a Bill Duffy client, who who is on a player option, but if he wants to be in Dallas and the Mavericks want him in Dallas and Bill Duffy wants him in Dallas, he'll get to Dallas. And then my 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 wild card guy. Do you want to save the wild cards for later? I guess we'll save the wild card for later. But that that's kind of my second tier. And then another guy I had was Terrence Ross, but he doesn't have really any connection to those agents. Okay, does Chris Middleton, does he belong anywhere in this conversation? Um, yes, he does. My, my thing is with Chris Middleton that I'm of the opinion that uh, Milwaukee is maneuvering to re-sign him to a, big, to a big deal. He's on a player option. He might opt out. His agent is Michael Lindman. I don't know who that is necessarily but uh, he's he is a player option he'll likely opt out and sign i would guess um a really big deal with them to stay there long term all right if he stays there does that that then that squeezes out uh the other guy brogdon who who is my wild card <laughs> actually yeah uh and again it's hard to know like we've, we've said this about the warriors oh they can't possibly sign all those guys and and then they do uh, I'll never forget when when the Mavericks were trying to do the carve out cap room thing, 
when, uh, during the Dwight Howard pursuit, which of course famously cost them Giannis. And Warriors almost got Dwight Howard that year, and they didn't have cap room. They were they were just they were just going to find ways to trade to get him. And so um, you know, I'm hesitant to say, oh, there's no way Milwaukee could do this, or the Bucks, or, or uh, the the Warriors could do that. But I wonder if the Bucks at some point see a squeeze. Uh, in what they can do that benefits Dallas. Certainly possible. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm kind of with Matt there. I've I've thought about Middleton quite a bit. I think, you know, like Clay Thompson, he's not. I don't think he's quite at that level, but he's pretty dang close, and he would be a perfect fit. But it just seems like some of the moves that Milwaukee made uh, over the summer and. Uh, they've just kind of positioned themselves to where it wouldn't hurt them near as bad if they yeah. if they do decide to pay Middleton a ton of money. But like you mentioned before and we, I, we can just kind of we can transition into the the our wild card picks on this if you want to, but uh you mentioned Malcolm Brogdon and uh I mean if they sign Middleton and you know, Brogdon, Brogdon is a restricted free agent. Then you can really make them sweat on him. So, I mean, I, I could see that as an option too. Oh yeah. Right. Uh, so now we're now we're at tier three. Yeah, we're we're at wild card, which is a guy who's probably either restricted or just hey, why the hell not? So like restri- restricted is kind of restricted is the direction I went with it because. Uh, signing a restricted guy is, is always, or trying to sign a restricted guy is always a risk because they can make you wait, and then you're, you know, you're tied up. You don't know what you're going to do. So, I picked Brogdon because he's also a perfect fit. He's a combo guard. Uh, he hits forty two point two percent from three, and also he has the only female agent with a client in the NBA in Danielle Cantor. So that's pretty cool. But. I mean, that's my pick. I don't know about you guys. I mean, I I think he'd be great in Dallas. My only thing, as many good players that are on the market as unrestricted free agents this summer, it really is a, a big risk. Unless they just know like 99% after Milwaukee gives – let's say Milwaukee gives Middleton his money and, you know, they – put a contract together kind of like how they did to get Parsons from Houston to where uh, it makes Milwaukee think, oh, man, we we just can't do this. But uh, still, you, you risk losing out on the rest of the guys in the field because they can sweat you out for three days. But, I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe they'll maybe they'll just pay the, the luxury tax and give him big money and keep him too. He's having a 50-40-90 season this year. He's really good. He's underrated. Uh, but I just think I think they should probably just stick with the unrestricted guys, which leads me to my wild card. I think it's DeMarcus Cousins because, I mean, they'll monitor him the rest of this season, I'm sure. But, I mean, he, he started out really hot. I don't, he hasn't been as great here lately. I just don't – the reason I label him as a wild card, he has all-star talent. Uh, he looks like he could – be a little bit of what his former self was but i don't know if they want to pay him the money and take a risk on another big guy with uh with a injury history like he has he's coming off that achilles tear but what do you think fish okay well i'm going in a completely different level of guy 
but and, and before before I throw out this name, it's not going to be it's not very exciting. So I don't want to get anybody all excited about it. Uh, <laughs> it it does occur to me that the Mavericks could consider because I know some people are saying you're not going to get the big fish, so just use the thirty million dollars and get two fifteen million dollar guys, and that's okay if they're the right guys. But I don't want the Mavericks to just spend to spend. And I think they've learned some lessons there. You can wait. Just wait till the trade deadline. And, right. and use it then. And your team will be the worst for it, in theory, for the first half of the year. But uh, the February 8th, 2020, there might be something to be done there with the room you have. But, you know, I, I'd like to go sign a, a big fish. And then I'd like to reopen uh, my discussions with the Kings, uh, the trade that eventually sent Harrison Barnes there. I think Willie Cauley-Stein was somebody that the Mavericks were talking to them about. And and I think he's a little bit more than just a guy. He's a he's a muscle man inside. And and I do think they could use a little of that. Again, I'm not talking about earth-shattering. I'm not even talking about starting center. Uh, I, I'm talking about very much third tier. But uh, if, if you got me a big fish and then got me a guy like that, uh, I, I think that'd be a very satisfactory offseason. Oh, and by the way, get a top four pick in the lottery with your 13.9% chance. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I could see that. If it if it's a reasonable price, I mean, I think he would be a great fit in Dallas. Uh, you know, he was one of the young players. I'm glad the Mavs got Justin Jackson for sure, but he was another one of the uh, the young Kings players I was interested in. Uh, he's, he's playing 28 minutes a game this year. He's averaging 13 points, eight and a half rebounds, three assists. Uh, he he kind of, in my opinion, he fits that that Tyson Chandler mode, uh, mold. He he's he's of the cut from the same cloth, in my opinion. Uh, so I mean, I, I think he could be a good fit. I mean, yeah, I, yeah, I, I, now, I don't want to. I'm not trying to say let's let's move mountains here. Willie Cauley Stein. Oh no! Um, but uh, and uh, but I'm also saying that there is value in um, mostly developing your own because where was uh, Brunson drafted? 30, 33. 33. So you know you don't have to spend a lot of money to find that. You just got to draft right. Um, you know Dorian Finney-Smith. You didn't have to spend a lot of money to get that done. But but every once in a while, if there's a little change left over after I sign my my monster. Then, um, then I'd like to go sign somebody who is either a water gar, a water bug defender outside, or some muscle inside. Because I think next to Porzingis, they're going to need it. I definitely agree with that, Matt. You have anything else to add? Well, I mean, I, <laughs> I don't, I don't mean to be rude about DeAndre necessarily, but I think. Willie Cauley Stein next to Porzingis would be an upgrade over what DeAndre did this past season. Yeah, I really do. Just for, for, mostly from a defensive perspective, um, rebounding it's it's kind of hard to to hate what DeAndre did. But with Willie Cauley Stein, he's got from what I understand his motor is is pretty high, and that's something we didn't really see out of DeAndre very much this year. He looked kind of lackadaisical on defense a lot of times. So I'd like to see a guy who's trying to earn his money and and who's who's already got the muscle and the athleticism and the and the want 
and I think he could do really well with with added minutes and in a bigger role, and especially in Rick, the way Rick uses centers of his mold, I think he'd be a perfect fit. And I'm with you on, on not meaning to be hard on DeAndre Jordan because, gosh, he was he was getting 12 rebounds and 10 points a game. It seemed like all the time without barely even trying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and I'm reminded you you guys have seen Airplane, right? Where Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is the the co-pilot, you know what I'm talking sure. about? Or are you too young for this? No, I've seen it a few times. Okay, where the kid comes in and you know and says you know says to Kareem, my dad says that you loaf up and down the court or whatever, and he says you tried dragging Lanier and Walton ninety-four <laughs> feet up and down. And so I, I, and I don't mean to be too hard on on seven-foot guys who uh, who don't have the, the highest revving engine. Maybe when you're seven foot, it's hard to have a high revving engine or it's hard to look like it um but yeah um I'm, I'm always a little bit disappointed when somebody isn't doing a little bit more uh 82 times a year and deandre jordan was certainly was capable of much more than he did here sad to say especially against the clippers you saw what he did when he was motivated <laughs> yeah well and the reason i i compared willie collystein i said he was kind of like a tyson chandler mold if you look at Tyson Chandler's career, the most rebounds he ever averaged in a season was like a little over 12, and he had a couple of seasons in there where it was 11 rebounds. But, you know, he he still had a couple of monster rebound games mixed in there, and he was just he he would get down and do the dirty work. He he wasn't yeah. really he wasn't worried about collecting the most rebounds, but he could go right. out there and he could go out there and get you, you know, seventeen, eighteen rebounds if he wanted to, if he needed to. But, uh, you know, per He's not pushing Luca out of the way for rebounds. Right. I think, that's a, I think that's a valid point. I don't remember ever seeing Tyson Chandler and saying, "Come on, try harder." I don't remember ever saying that. Right, and and Kali Stein, you know, he's only played twenty eight minutes a game in Sacramento. His per thirty six numbers, he's right there. You know, on average, with with what uh, we were accustomed to seeing from Tyson Chandler, so uh, I mean, I, I I could see it working out. I, like like you said, we're not gonna we're not gonna jump to that point just yet. But I think if if they're if they get to a point where they're looking at those third tier guys, that that's a pretty good one to look at. But get me tier one first. That's why there's a one by tier one and a one by first. Right, exactly. tier one first. Well, Fish, we appreciate you coming in and, and talking with us here for a little bit of free agency. Uh, like you mentioned when we first got started, we're not not pushing off these last few games. There's still a there's still a long shot playoff uh, hope that I hold for the Mavs. But if they don't get there, uh, we'll be looking till July first. Well, even short of the playoffs, there's a lot to be accomplished in 25 games. Absolutely, in, in a lot of different ways. Uh, I do want to throw this out before I say goodbye, but. I think DallasBasketball.com readers and listeners are, are uh, getting in tune with this. But these two guys um, who have real lives and real jobs, and one of them even has a, a romantic interest. I don't know about the other one. Uh, this is – somehow you guys are doing doing Mavericks 20 hours a day. And um, we're, we're proud to have you part of the 75-member staff. And, and I know that Mavericks fans everywhere uh, around Texas and around the world really appreciate it. So thank you, boys. Well, thank you, Fish. Yes, sir. I appreciate it. And uh, also, um, I just wanted to say thank you for giving both Dalton and I the opportunity to do this because it's basically our dream jobs. (laughs) 
if you want to put it into those kind of yeah, words. You, you've earned it. Keep up the great work. Thanks, boys. Absolutely. We'll talk to you later, Fish. Appreciate it. All right, guys. Uh, we appreciate you tuning in for another edition of the Step Back. That'll do it for this week. Uh, as always, we just we want to thank all of you that uh, tune in and listen to us every single week. You guys have been great. Uh, we have just been overwhelmed by the support we've been showing in such a short amount of time and uh none of this would be possible you know without you guys coming back and listening the way you do uh we'd like to just ask you to like subscribe and uh leave a a review for our podcast um matt you have anything to add to that not really i think you covered pretty much all the bases uh just don't forget we're also on youtube so you can also go subscribe there and uh, and listen to us there if that's easier for you. But you know we're we're all over the place now, and we we appreciate all the support and keep listening and tell all your friends. Yep, and we've said it before. We're gonna keep bringing you guys uh, the best content possible. We've got some more guests lined up in the future. Uh, we're gonna start adding in uh, you know some some interview sound bites from guys on the team and you know stuff of that nature so just keep tuning in and it's going to keep getting better but we appreciate you guys have a good all-star weekend I'm wild, but yeah, I'm the goat. This gang get cold. Yeah, you might need a coke. Your friends turn into your foe. But I'ma just roll. Gotta keep rolling your boat. Yeah, I swear I give them hope. I say I'm cleaner than the soap. This time of year proves who a really single float. For yeah, real. it's the Mavericks. All about action. Don't do no action. No Samuel Jackson. Dirk at the ball. You know that it's magic. Post move deadly. Yeah, get tragic. Yeah, it's the Mavericks. All about action. Don't do no action. No Samuel Jackson. Dirk at the ball. You know that it's magic. Post move deadly. Yeah, get tragic. You know, in this game, it's a lot of grit. You know what I'm saying? Proves who has integrity. Late nights, early mornings, but we all want the trophy at the end of the day. And that's the beauty of this game, because at the end of the day, only the real gonna float, man, for real. You either sink or you float, only the real gonna float. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.